0: Good evening, good evening, good evening. Let's get right into another KG, 5th World Wildcat, and Doc podcast. Well, this evening, the NBA announced the 2015-2016 schedule. Rockets, yeah. uh, you know, in tandem announced their schedule. Let's get right into it. The Rockets opened the 2015-16 regular season with a two-game homestand against the Denver Nuggets, Tyle Lawson's former team, on October 28th, and on October thirtieth, the NBA champion Golden State Warriors come to Toyota Center, and that should be
1: good.
2: That'll be, be
0: kicking
1: That'll
0: be nice up. to see. Uh, we got. I'm just going to read some of the tidbits from the team press release. Highlights on Rockets 2015-16 schedule includes this, is much to my chagrin, a Christmas Day home game, Christmas night home game. First uh-huh. is the San Antonio Spurs, 7 p.m. tip-off. So, I'm not thrilled about that, but you know, it's part of the NBA's five games on Christmas packaging on TV. Christmas will be on a Friday this, this uh, year. Three oh, games. So, so, there you go with that as well. We got um, LeBron and Cavaliers come to town on January 15th, 2016. Be there. The Bulls come to town on March 31st, 2016. Most important date on the Rockets' home schedule in Mop. And then, of course, will be when my Detroit Pistons come to town mm-hmm. to lose mm-hmm. to the Rockets. Um that'll be Wednesday, January twentieth. So uh mm-hmm. the NBA did announce that they cut down on the number of four games and five nights. So uh that's a big thing. It's part of uh, that's a
3: big deal. That's that's extremely important. It's been the health of the players.
0: In this schedule the stretches of four games and five I cut nights. My and and instances of back-to-back games have been reduced to all-time lows with four and fives cut to an average of less than one per team. I believe it's 27 total uh, this season. And I think um team, for example, like the Mavericks, have 17 back-to-backs. So I know that. I saw that on Twitter earlier as well. So schedule's out. Rockets have eight preseason games to be played in October. The home opener for the Rocks, as, as I said, will be on the 28th. That'll be a day after the Wildcat and I return from Orlando for the men's and women's
1: That's the media
0: day of the American Athletic Conference. The women will be on the 26th, Monday afternoon, and then the guys will be on the 27th, Tuesday morning. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at THEHRREVIEW and also go to Houston Rambar Review on YouTube as well as the Houston Rambar Reviews. Blogs, men's and women's whose blogs keep up and follow along with the interviews and um, the great stuff that the American Athletic Conference will have to offer in basketball this upcoming season, and we'll see if UConn women can go for four in a row. Probably so, but anyway, we can see. Have they done it? No, no one's done four four in a row. Women's basketball.
2: Well, let me ask this question: Is anybody on the horizon? capable of pushing them this year
0: outside of South Carolina would say yes. Okay. And Maryland would say yes. They'd be wrong. But um, <laughs> they will um, say yes.
2: Well, then let me ask this proverbial question. Will Notre
0: Dame be a, a attempt to this time around? They can attempt all they want to. All these teams can attempt to. Until somebody knocks the Queen off the mountain top. It it's just a bunch of talk. Okay. And notice I had you mentioned I hope there's some challenges to UConn because personally I'm tired of seeing them win beat the number two team in the country by twenty points. Wow. I'm That's tired of so seeing true. them come to the final four and win by fifteen. I'm tired I of I witnessed it live. <laughs> I yes, saw it with my own eyes. <laughs> they
2: went from Close the gap, and then all of a sudden it was like call a timeout, and then boom! All right, let's go. And then it was, um, folks. It was a, it was a look on faces and all—not just in the press box, but in the stands—that, okay, oh well, we tried, we tried.
0: But I don't, I don't want to dwell on, on UConn because we know how how mighty they are. I want to talk about one of UConn's conference opponents making news in the last. They're getting some work done. The last five days. What is it, a staff of what? Is including the head coach what,
2: four or five that's, that's, that's on staff?
0: I think that's about right.
2: I'm going to tell you, I am excited about what's fixing to happen on, across the street.
0: Oh, well, hold on, Wildcat. Hold now, on, hold on, hold on. I say that and let, let the listeners know what I'm talking about. Friday evening, it was announced via Twitter. And you can go to the Women's news blog on the Houston Round Bar Review website, com. Well, first, let me take a few steps back. Wednesday, last Wednesday, Coach Huey told media that uh, four kids made unofficial visits. Four kids in the top 50 in the country made unofficial visits just last week to U of H and his staff. That's right. Simply because of the new basketball development facility. Two days later Jasmine Harris And Natasha Mack Verbally committed To Coach Huey and the Cougs And I do know that Harris and Mac were two of the four Players who made unofficial visits Jasmine Harris Is about 5'9", five, 5'10 five, She's an athletic combo guard And apparently Wildcat and Doc 5'9", 5'10 She can dunk Wow! If not dunk, get close to it. Yes. So, so uh, that's impressive. Alrighty. And, so and uh, skills. And Natasha Mack is six four.
2: See that's what I want.
0: And she did not. And and I want to acknowledge. uh And I did a post on this as well. That uh, Natasha Mac didn't play this summer, and she had a lot of interest from top programs last summer and here are some of the names that were interested in jasmine harris texas a and m good program wichita state good program arkansas kansas state oklahoma state oregon state and many more and that's a quote from jasmine's aau coach assistant coach mike Rodriguez, who thanks to the wonderful world of twitter I connected with him over the last few days and he's given me some insight and some quotes on his players and he's a coach for the uh, Texas Elite Adidas 17 Under phenoms team. Here's a quote from Coach Rodriguez about Jasmine Harris. UH picked up a really athletic player. She was a big reason why the coaches filled the seats during the live period. Now, the touchdown by Natasha Mack, 6'4", some of the schools on her radar, Texas, Texas A&M, Baylor, Southern Cal, LSU, and Texas Tech. That's a lot of good programs. That's not too shabby, right there. Those two young ladies committing, to verbally committing to Coach Huey, Ronald Huey, and his staff. But they weren't done. Tuesday, yesterday, Angela Harris, no relation to Jasmine Harris, and Quatera Limbrick also verbal to Coach Huey and the Cougs. And according to Premier Basketball, they're both top 100 guards in the state. Uh, Quintero is from Episcopal High School, plays for the uh, Houston Lady Roadrunners, and Angela plays high school 10s, high school at Cy Fair, and also plays for the Texas Elite Phenoms. So both of them, so we got uh, five. Both of these are guards: five, six, five, seven. So we got five, six, five, seven, five, ten, and six foot four. Verbally committing to Coach you and the Cougs. They have a total of six scholarships. they probably use five. If they got one more, probably right around now. And they'll hold on to one because you never know when a transfer or somebody may want to come home. So hold on to that will keep it keep that one in your back pocket. So go to Women's Hoops, Houston Round Bar View Blog. You can, you can see tweets embedded from our man, Boccat, Cindy Colson at Girls Prep Report. And then we got Premier Basketball. As well as ESPN's Dan Olson with uh, tweets discussing each of the young ladies and their verbal to the U of H. So things are looking good for the Houston Cougars on women's side. Now we can talk to them Wildcat. As you know, that the men's team is now in China. Yes, they are. For uh, roughly what, 10 days, 10 days, I believe. It took a flight Tuesday morning. Yes. Total was, was a stopover at the airport. It was about 16 hours. a nice. long trip. Yeah. So they are going to play four games. Total jump experience once they got to China. The uh, culture, the Chinese <laughs> culture.
2: And today, they just had uh, team activities in practice. Tomorrow will be a press conference with the Chinese media. Have more mm-hmm. team activities. Another practice. And then mm-hmm. Friday morning, our time, 6.30 a.m., they were scheduled game one, and it's been a uh, game, uh, team change, a uh, game change uh, of who they'll be playing. They are now scheduled to play the Chinese junior national team in Hawaii, uh on Friday, then uh, once again on Saturday, then on Sunday, Monday, then tour of Yellow Mountain, who was named after an emperor that was doing a uh, uh Yina. Uh, yellow uh, rain and a tour of let me get this correct Chi Dai Daong
0: Village and then returned to Houston the following Thursday so you just saying all that stuff I cannot i speak for myself you could be right could be wrong I have no idea what you're saying. Hey, I want, you said know, the, the, the one you thing you to learn about the Chinese culture I don't the, know much the, the, the one uh, thing
2: that, the, that uh, uh, okay. Coach Sebson said hey I don't speak Mandarin.
0: None of I barely understand. You, you, <laughs> I had, you, had understand. you had interviews with Alan Roberts Jr. Yeah, and uh, Ron uh, Barnes. And Mandarin are located where?
2: Uh, at uh, AKSV, the CSR, the College Sports Report, YouTube, and Blogger. Uh, matter of fact, let me go into. The- I think
3: that's a great opportunity uh, for the players They're at all- University of Houston. Um, as uh, they make the trip, you know, many of those players haven't had a chance to go across seas, go to a different country. Tremendous opportunity for them to do that, similar to what you've seen in Texas Southern University. As they also went to China, they went, obviously. Really?
0: They did not? Yeah, they did. Back in June. June. Didn't know about it. No pressure releases about the results of how the team did. They went 2-1, though, on that trip. Right. Last game, they won by 50 points.
3: Which is unfortunate that that – the exposure part in terms of the uh, athletic department putting the information out. Um, You got to do a better job of that. Obviously I think the marketing team uh, in terms of cross board, in terms of disseminating information on ETSU news and sending it to lungs is very good, but that only does you so much. It needs to be across the board in terms of all, components, because you see U of H is doing a great job to make sure that the media exposure is there. Kudos to them for doing that. And Doc,
0: let me add this. Thank Kudos to our man Jeff Conrad (laughs) for, (laughs) yes, Jeff, and giving a shout out on the podcast. The Cougars will return to Houston after the trip and prepare for their culture, sports, and China sociology class during the fall semester. The three-hour course will be taught by Dr. Shane Lee who laid out the course expectations during a team meeting on Friday. Now check this out, Doc. The course was created to help students examine sports within Chinese culture and to assess the cultural components of their own lives as NCA Division I student-athletes. Team members will keep a journal and reflect on their experiences in China and continue writing in the journals when they return home on their experiences as a UA student-athlete throughout the fall semester. They also will make a presentation of their experiences on their trip to China with photos, videos, news clips, and other media. The Cougars will read Beijing Games, What the Olympics Mean to China by Susan Brownell, and Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. From there, student athletes will write a four page paper on their observations about China and Chinese athletes using Brownell's book as a reference. They also will use outliers to write a five page reflection paper on their own experiences and development as
3: athletes it's nine pages first of all malcolm gladwell anything he puts out brilliant there you go marketing components of sports uh with his original text uh, in terms of the tipping point great text um you talk about outliers another great book So if they read that book, and I imagine they're going to have to with nine pages, it's going to be hard to kind of find a way to skim and find Cliff Notes on that. You're going to have to do some type of reading to be able to provide a nine-page paper. Second of all, brilliant. I think it it is great to see that they're finding a unique way to reward the students, in my opinion, uh, that not only are they taking the trip, but they also finding a way to get course credit uh, towards degree. I think it's brilliant. Um, to the way that you mix athletics uh, with the academic side. Another brilliant thing that's going on there. So uh, kudos to U of H uh, academically for what they're doing. Kudos athletically what they're doing. Um, I have nothing but praises for that. Again, what did you call the title of the course?
0: It is Culture, Sports,
3: and China. Yeah, I think... um, this is going to do the impetus of what I was thinking about doing. I met our Wash uh, to kind of break in a little sidebar, but it's a, doing the same framework. State Fair Classic, which many of us know a region around this, is a game played in Dallas uh, between uh, Prairie View and A&M, the Texas HBCU institution, the oldest. Uh, HBCU in this area, obviously one of the second oldest schools in the state, in regards to public institutions. We'll play Grammy coming over against Louisiana, 90th anniversary for that game. But the reason I bring this up to make the tie is the fact that I met with our wash and the social media marketing component, and he won, gave us the opportunity to bring some students up there. So we're going to start working on that now to take you know five, six, maybe ten students up there. To understand the backside of marketing event management of the state fair classic they'll merge themselves about that and obviously uh it'll be difficult at this late point to put course credit on it but i'm wrapping this all together to put it into an internship with we're going to try to partner with the SWAC when they come back and play the SWAC championship game Uh and the basketball tournament here with all those infusions i think we can give some internship credit for that class Um, And I think it's important then if we can really top it off, it would be nice to do the Atlantic uh, and go to Atlanta, excuse me, for the Celebration Bowl managed by ESPN. So they'll get various uh, frameworks of how event management goes from that side. But let's tie this back into University of Houston. I just came across another experience to give them even more kudos, which is what they're calling the Super 4 Internship Experience. Uh, This is a case where obviously we're very aware that the Final Four is in Houston in 2016. The Super Bowl is here in 2017. So the University of Houston has created a partnership between the Department of Health and Human Performance and the Conrad in Hilton College, uh, which is presenting the University of Houston Super Four experience, where students get an opportunity to work directly with the um Final Four Host Committee and the Houston Super Bowl Host Committee, uh, in regards to that, as internships, they can also get credit for these classes. Uh, I think the maximum is four semesters of work to get this done, ending in twenty uh seventeen. Twelve hour, twelve course credits, I should say, uh, associated with Sports and Fitness Administration program. Course credits will go towards the mandatory internship credits uh, associated with 4690, 4691, six credits or units there. Eligible sports and fitness administration majors, 3.0 GPA have to be in good academic standing, sophomores, juniors who plan to graduate uh, school, or the four plus one program one first year of graduate students. And they're going to have 20 plus students and that it will be carefully selected into the experience and opportunity. They have deadline dates and everything. This is tremendous. And this is where you're actually embedding uh, the classroom academic work, which I think is so important now that you're getting students actual real work experience in the field. And kudos again, which is another example where uh, U of H is leading the charge. Um, and you can definitely see in a lot of ways why they have their tier one status. I'm going to have to find a way to bring parts of this over at Texas Southern University to make sure that uh, we give our students similar, if not the same, opportunities. So uh, I'm happy with both of these frameworks. And who are you, sir? I'm Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Kenyatta Cavill, sports professor, a.k.a. the data doctor, right here at Texas Southern University, Um, coordinator of the sports management program, Undergraduate program at this point, we're actually moving forward with developing the master's program. And uh, hopefully by 2016, the fall, we will actually have a master's program. Ultimate desire is to create a doctoral program in sport management here at Texas Southern University, meaning we would officially become the first HBCU program to offer a doctorate in some type, type of athletic administration. When I tell you, let's, let's talk day, about
1: It's a good day. Yeah, Since we're,
0: we're sticking with our college student athletes, let us talk about this. Showtime will chronicle the Notre Dame football team's 2015 season in a show called, quote, A Season with Notre Dame, end quote that the network announced on Tuesday. The show will debut. September 8th, three days after the Notre Dame op- opens their season at home against Texas. The series chronicles is from the press release. Chronicles Notre Dame's quest for a college football playoff national championship with weekly all-access coverage. The network said, we're giving an inside look at Notre Dame's star players in the locker room and the classroom as the series transports you beyond the field and into the lives of student-athletes throughout the season, end quote. Thoughts? Some kind of way,
2: somehow, they figured out to supplement the athletic program as far as uh, with the new funding or with the uh, new uh, stipends, whatever they're supposed to be handing over to the student-athletes. Is that the, what it is? The, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there. You, you tread, like
0: you're treading on, you, you stepping kind. in, stepping in stuff. Go ahead, doc. Tell you, the truth. You too kind.
3: No, but Man, the, this is, the business side, this is brilliant. They figured this it out. Is exactly what the NFL is doing. They figured But you it know out. the unique difference between what goes on in the NFL and they, they're doing theirs uh, on HBO is the fact that this is college. And guess what they say about college for the most part? Especially after the stay of the decision with old Ed O'Bannon, is that the players <laughs> cannot get paid? What's so wrong with this picture? So they say. What is wrong with this picture? So they say. So the rich get richer, meaning everybody except for the guys that fallen that are playing on the field, uh, sacrificing uh, injuries in a lot of ways, sacrificing their academic um, components of what they're trying to get done. But again. <laughs> In terms of what they're doing, must say, brilliant, taking the next opportunity to find a way to make sure more cash flow is going there. We know people are going to tie in Showtime, um, seeing what was going on with HBO. They had to get into play. What I didn't realize is that uh, last year that they already had kind of jumped in the deep water in a lot of ways because they did a series called Hoops You where Notre Dame and Maryland men's basketball season was captured with uh, 90-minute specials. Chronicling those two programs over their basketball season. So yeah, it's not totally new, but obviously when football does it, it gets a bigger bang at Notre Dame. Uh, of course, That it will be interesting to follow. Um, again, I have my concerns about this, and my major concerns about this is everything about this is professionalized, but you refuse to pay the players. What is wrong with that pitch? Now, I'm going to ask you this. Why don't we talk about that issue? It's still
2: a private school. Because they're not athletes, Doc. Not, no, it's, it's still a private because school. Because they get scholarships, they Doc. They yeah, to a major public school and a venture like that. The only two schools that have been So you
3: trying to tell me it's better because it's a no,
2: private No, it's it's not better. But for whatever reason, they are using those institutions. Hogwash. Rather than using... No, no of, it's
3: right, not going to work. You're trying,
2: How do you go? How do you go
3: about... No, Notre Dame has the ability, one, because they're outside of a traditional conference, particularly for the sport of football. So it's much easier for them to negotiate an independent deal to do this. And so they have a bigger brand, and that's who they started with. I'm sure they'll try to shop it around just like they do in the NFL in terms of moving from different programs. And you'll find some programs that want to do it. Uh when they show how much money Notre Dame is uh make off of it, you're gonna see those that kind of let down their guard and say, "Oh, maybe we can do this." It's not as bad, but there's nothing special about it being a public or private institution. Notre Dame uh, f- could find a way to justify it because they decided, as you said, one of the first things you said earlier was about the money. There yeah, yeah. we the problem again, I don't have a problem with the institutions making money. I think. We live in America. It's a capitalist system. I'm, I'm with that. Most of the world is, uh, in that con- term, in that component, and I like money. As much as anybody, I don't have a problem with it. Make your money, right? But do right by the individuals that help you make their money. Pay the players. They are college athletes, based on the definition of Ed O'Bannon. and they can be played, paid. Uh, we see the Northwestern, and we'll get into that a little further in detail about that decision, seeming like that it's coming to close and will be made shortly. And it comes a point where we need to stop scapegoating the fact that we are fans and want to see our universities do well at the FBS level, particularly at the Power Five now that are hogging all this money. They need to share in the revenue. Create the Players Association based on what Northwestern did. Pay the players and move on. Trust me, you trying to tell me that people will not go to University of Texas to see the Longhorns play because the players on the field are getting paid? B.S. In uh-huh. this Title IX issue, it suggests that you can't do it. You don't pay the coaches the same. You don't give the athletes the same type of treatment. So I don't want to hear that mess either. Just like in this last case with the Northwestern, so I'm going to jump right in it. Northwestern ruling was for football only. So you can make the rulings and suggest that it doesn't have to be a Title IX issue. Um, they are separate in many ways in regards to that. Legally, that's been uh, put on plate. Yes, Title IX they push back, and you'll find some additional rulings. But the National Labor Board Relations uh, ruling will come soon. Many people... Believe it's a five member board, they could do three things essentially. They can affirm what was on the paper that the players can are professionals and they can form a union, they can modify the decision in some framework, or they can totally reverse it. I think what is really interesting here is when this decision will be made. There's one of the people on the board that happens to be a Democrat. That is talking about retiring. So a lot of people believe the decision will be made before he retires, which is important because this board essentially leads three to two in terms of Democrats on it versus Republican, which in a lot of ways I think is sad. But it's just the way the American policy and politics work that a lot of decisions are based on political stances versus how individuals really see different issues. It becomes politicized, which I think is unfortunate. Uh, But this may go all the way up, because if the guy retires, the decision is not quite made yet. You can see Obama wanting to appoint somebody to the board. Then you can see where the House uh, would get involved and maybe try to uh, slow this down in such a way that uh, this collective bargaining decision will even go out longer. So it'll be interesting Uh, Moving forward in terms of that. So there is a lot of political framework of this decision going down. And it's not necessarily based on the best interests of the college athletes, which, again, I think is horrifying that we find a way to justify our quest to see young people entertain us without paying them their fair share.
0: Wildcat, anybody watch Hard Knocks, the Texans on Hard Knocks Tuesday night?
3: No, sir, I sure did.
0: It was, it was good to see JJ J. Watt be JJ Watt, work out and be the star of the show. I think Vince Wolfrock is going to be. Uh, he was funny. He was entertaining on the show. They didn't touch on a- Arian Foster's um, views. They, touched they mentioned his injury, his gro- groin injury and the surgery. That was maybe a minute of the whole yeah. show.
3: And when you talk about his issue, the fact that he came out and spoke as an atheist on, on behalf of atheists, saying that uh, he doesn't believe in in God, but specifically he looked at it more of a religious framework. What I thought was uh, intriguing, and I'll put this out there, I was rear Catholic. I still uh, follow Catholicism, and I've become more spiritual than I am Person that really follows Christianity from that framework. But I just think it's so interesting to me that so many Christians, um, not necessarily pray for him or bless him or say that, but you have so many that literally come out and attack him. Uh, I just, it's amazing to me when we think about the framework of Christianity or even just religious people in general, of how they've become so hardened and almost unchristian in their activities in terms of their verbiage that is fascinating to me
0: obstinate and that's they, the word and they are just uh, you know unchristian almost hating him if that's what he believes that's what he believes yeah do you still have to respect
2: a person's a person's individual views on you
3: yeah. Uh-oh. And What's even different? if I don't necessarily respect their views, I think the fact that you need to respect humanity is essentially where you're getting at. Yeah. What part of that, whether you're Christian or not, uh, do you stop respecting individuals' humanity? And I think that is a very sad state of affairs when we will allow people who, whom call themselves Christian to speak on their behalf, I think it really does a disservice for those that of us that really would like to say that we believe in a Christian framework. And, and let me allow people to hijack it in that manner.
0: Let me read this quote, and I'll get back to some thoughts on hard knocks. A quote from Arian Foster from about a week ago: If a loving, kind Christian, Muslim, or Jewish person can't accept a different vantage point, there's just nothing I can do about it. I have no ill will toward religion or religious people. I have no quarrels. Believe what you want to believe. End quote.
1: There you go.
0: Now, back to Hard Knocks. Coach Bill O'Brien dropped
2: 20
0: to 30 F-bombs during the episode.
2: He's a a voice guy.
0: Uh, (laughs) Is it true? So it it was funny. He dropped them during... The intro during practice, you know, talking, you know, whatever.
2: So they opened up, open up with that. Yeah.
0: So the intro was very on point. Talk with his, with his staff. He said, "We're not respected in the NFL. We are ninety six and one twenty six. That's thirty games under five hundred. In order true. to get respect, we need to win. That's what it's all about. Winning. That's what we're here to do is help our players win. Then so he, he
3: think he gonna win. With then the he then he
0: lost again? me with this people are laughing at the quarterbacks the two guys I believe in these two guys I believe these two guys they're a really? chance and I was like really exactly my wait, you, wait, you wait, are really on, confident on. in your abilities because these two guys are not very good wait a minute but he, this, just, he just laid
2: that out there and, and, and kept
0: well it. he has to believe it because if he did believe it what he he would have, have this. Oh, exactly.
2: Okay, well, was he questioned? Was it, it was a second question or was there? Um, There's no
0: questioning. There's it's, no question. It's, it's, this is hard knocks.
3: We just saying that he's he's crazy. And he is talking the to the players.
0: He, to talk, he was talking to his staff. There's no questioning during hard knocks. This is the interviews. This is players talking among players. Players talking to coaches. All you doing is filming. This is just a um,
3: recording of big mic. This,
0: this is mic'd up conversation. Oh, it was. And then they the horror of it all. Then there was Literally. There's some sadness. The ironic thing was the Texans uh, equipment staff forgot to pack the red quarterback jerseys for Mallet and Hoyer when they headed up Fine to and Fire. When they had when they headed up to, to uh, Richmond, Virginia to play the Washington Rs in their practice of Washington sessions, the Washington Rs. Washington, Washington Rs. Team. That's what they are. The Washington Rs. Unlike the Washington unlike many other people in national media, ESPN, local radio, Etc. who continue to refer to them by that nickname, we on this podcast will not refer to them They're by just the Washington team. They are the Washington NFL franchise, they are the Washington Rs, they anything you want to call them, but they are not that team here on these KG Fifth Wildcat and Doc podcast. Mm-hmm. But yes, they they forgot the red jerseys so they uh, had to, fire. so they so them looking for it, like they were going to materialize out of thin air because they weren't there with the, with the rest of the jersey and the equipment. So they had to make give, make sure of jerseys for that first day of scrimmages, and they had that's
3: a, a U problem. exactly.
0: That's a U problem. Oh, yeah. And they didn't touch on it. It's probably they didn't get fired right on the spot, really. But the next day they had red jerseys and, and all that kind of stuff. But and even had a quote from from uh, coach O'Brien next day, day two of the scrimmage sessions with the R's. That I think it was uh, Brian Hoyer who threw this uh, awful interception, this dump pass. and you know, Brian said it in the uh, film session. We can't have what it. What was he thinking? That was this a stupid decision? I mean, we it, can't was, have it. it was good to watch. Is that what he
2: said? We can't have it.
0: And no, you know, no so nonsense. Trump? It made Texas fans happy. I did some some uh, tweeting about it. You know, talking about the just the love affair people have with JJ Watt. You know, it's good. And Romeo Cornell, let me say this, one of the practices here in town, Romeo Cornell, defensive coordinator for the team, lit into the defensive players and just said they, they practice like crap. You know, y'all, I expect better. J.J. Watt led the uh, huddle said, you know, that's to us. I hope y'all take this to heart and remember this day because I, I don't want us to – I don't want to feel like that. I don't want folks fighting to us again. So we need to go out here and do better the next day. Now, after that <laughs> – what? They showed him working out after practice by himself. I didn't see any other teammate, see defensive player out there see, working that, out that with him. Right, the only person was him. That boy worked Working on right his skills here. and his craft.
2: Because that, that as a fan, that would bother me. That would that would truly bother me. You get your butt reamed out. You go and finish practice, and then after that, you take off and go home. I go and go and sit in the, in the cafeteria. I only see one guy working. As a fan, <laughs>
3: d- nah. I'm I be honest with you. It's not going to stop the fans from buying them season tickets. But, but, exactly. And that is what they having to put up their credit cards to pay for playoff tickets ahead of time so the like team else can have true. their money for seven months and gain the interest on them. Like. And then if they don't make the playoffs, they don't get a return on their money. They actually apply to the next year. Correct. For that and team. That is. I don't want to hear team magic stuff. If you're so frustrated, no. don't go to For the For that, that team that we is 30 games under 500. Right. We know this team is going to be horrible. They don't have enough talent on the team. So it don't matter how long these guys stay after practice and work out. The only one that needs to do it is J.J. Watt because he has the talent. The rest of them, they can stay out there 24-7. They're not going to get that much better.
0: But cornerback, uh, rookie cornerback Kevin Jones, he, looks, he looks good. And they exactly. That's what they saying. are saying. They expect much from him. He looked good. He did look good. And, uh, Duke Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, embarrassed, uh, some of my R's defenders, uh, <laughs> and old man, DeAndre Hall, talking smack on the sideline, talking smack on the sideline. Yeah, it's bad. And then try to cover it, Hopkins and roll his ankle and look like he got shot. He, he just <laughs> laid on the, on the turf. And the turf was so bad via uh, stripes. Were I don't know how I don't know if the person who rolled the stripes, you know the painted stripes on the field was drunk, but the damn sure weren't straight. So it was embarrassing.
1: <laughs> to put That's that on Hard Knocks
0: to just show you. <laughs> so you got once one team the Texas, forget the quarterback jerseys. Another team, the R's, can't roll a straight line on the football field. So and y'all just love this game. Two NFL franchises will make the playoffs, but they're on Hard Knocks and HBO. Enjoy it. So there we go. Uh,
2: uh. The horror of it all.
0: Hell. That's what I'll say. Hell to the R's.
2: <laughs> it's Do they still have the band? I mean, is they gonna, is, is they, gonna they gonna hold on to the band?
0: Yeah, they're not going. Why? This is the this this team is still owned by a man who believes that the nickname is part of right. history and heritage and et tradition
2: and, and, and whatever else going
0: on with, with his mind or whatever. So, you know, if he sees nothing wrong, until people start hitting him in his wallet. Right, it's with nice, the merchandising, nice. Yeah. He, he, well, he'll he he'll cling to this. You know, Daniel Snyder, he's great at making money. He's horrible at managing oh, yeah. football, a NFL franchise, franchise.
2: Football,
3: then, and
0: leading them to the playoffs. I think they've been there one ready. time in this team. Right. That's ugly. Hail.
1: Mm.
3: <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> From the sublime to the ridiculous in the NFL, the New York Jets. they Geno That's Smith crazy. out six to ten weeks with a broken jaw after being punched. Today, earlier today, some folks said it wasn't sucker punch. Let yesterday, Tuesday they said it was sucker punch, whatever. Right. From IK and M. Kali, former teammate, over six hundred dollars. It's a ama- it amazed me how people blaming the victim, Geno Smith, for getting his jaw broke. Yeah. It's like Gino's fault because he's not a great leader, he's not a great team leader. It's his fault for getting punched in the jaw by this angered, angry dude. Yeah.
3: Serious. He has previous episodes of being angry.
0: You know, no, was arrested prior for hitting a cop. Because he was angry. At La Tech. Yeah.
1: And I'm going to tell you,
2: but now, Doc and I... It took I, I, anger I, I, management I, I, courses, and, and also, it didn't work. Doc, <laughs> Doc and I can, can personally admit to this. In the state of Louisiana, especially up on that end, you put your hands on a cop, you'd like it to still
3: be alive. Okay. True. I mean, I'm being honest, folks. Yeah, we see that around the country, actually. but, but, and, but, and it's, but it's, it, it's no it, laughing it matter, it but I understand and what you're saying. And no that's work. why you have the hashtag, hashtag Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So, uh, you're very true. We just see a case right here in Arlington, right here in right. our backyard, where uh, a young man, obviously, um, for whatever or criminally reason. trespassing, yeah. whatever, but you can tell with the firing of the officer that the uh, death penalty that the police officer decided to place on him, right? Uh, it looks at this point to be bailed yeah, off.
0: He, and the jets waved IK I, and MCALLI Tuesday, Wednesday, which wasn't a surprise. Rex Ryan with the Buffalo Bills <laughs> truly not a surprise claimed in him off waivers. Truly not a surprise. I think this is the ultimate one of the ultimate signs of arrogance. Yes. And disrespect of Dino Smith, disrespect of the Jets. Yes. Disrespect of the NFL. Yes. Yes, they Rex drafted this angry, angry young man who cannot control his temper out of college. Here's some of the quotes. And he said, Paul Blank, Rex Ryan said at a press conference today. That's crazy. That he has not talked to IK to get his version of what happened to Dino Smith. That's
1: why he said <clears throat> This is just crazy.
3: <clears throat> and he yet, don't even play it out. I'm not saying you should, the guy shouldn't get another chance. I'm not even saying you should sign him. But he signed him the next day before he even got information or interview to play. Wasn't concerned about that. Right, which you concerned is about insulting that. to everybody involved. The fans are just going to be like, "Yeah, okay, tough and crazy."
0: And here, and here is the quote: Bill. "This is ridiculous." From Rex Ryan, I do have supreme confidence in myself, especially when I know the individual. Some of these guys have that have these so-called issues or whatever. Everybody's got things, but if I know that person and I feel confident. In the fact that my locker room, that this guy will be successful in here, then yeah, I feel confident that he'll fit right in. End quote. Hey. Mm. I don't know what he's talking about He fit uh, right in. Arrogance. Here. What does it say
3: about the team? Yeah, that's pure arrogance.
0: And you see, Rex Ryan made it clear that the general manager and the owners are showing faith in him, despite the fact, his is to say right here. I think owner has confidence in our beliefs and in this case Doug is showing a lot of faith in me as well that we specifically guys that have been with IK believe that he can be successful here end quote
1: mm-hmm.
3: really?
0: less than 24 hours after this man
3: Punch somebody.
0: punched somebody a teammate at the time a teammate Literally. over some money and broke his jaw and it, you well, sign him because you think you can make him a better person.
2: Wasn't Geno scheduled to be in the <clears throat> starting the opening day guy? Yeah.
0: Wasn't he headed to No, this? he's fighting for it. He well, can't he, it. They were going to give him every chance to prove that he was Correct. worthy of the starting job. Now it's Ryan Fitzpatrick's job, former Texas QB, former Bills QB, et cetera. And some folks have already said that Ryan Fitzpatrick will have the Jets to have a better offense under Fitzpatrick than Geno Smith. Really? So that's Dino Smith is a horrible I, I understand that. But, but, but I
3: think offensively, he, uh, in terms of the numbers Fitzpatrick will put up, I don't know if it will translate in wins. Okay, I'll accept
2: that. I'll
3: accept it. But know, that. But the fact that Rex
0: Ryan, saying. less
3: than 24 hours. He, like, he doesn't
1: care, man.
3: He doesn't care. Obviously.
1: He ain't going to say about that. But I think
3: we hear here to tell him that that is ridiculous. And Roger Goodell has enough on his play right. right now to even look at. I know he's just like, really? But this just t- this just goes into my next point.
0: found this article via Facebook. The Minnesota Vikings lead NFL teams with most player arrests in the last five years. Five years? That's a lot. That's a long time. Let That's a see. lot of Let's arrests. Let so me I can get some numbers here. There That's have been 260 NFL player arrests over the last Two hundred and sixty weeks. That's five years. You know who had the fewest? The milk drinkers here in town. The Texans had one. <laughs> <laughs> they need they need the all is of old. They, 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 they'll, they'll, they'll change.
1: Number one. <laughs> number
0: one. That's a that's a, that's an acknowledgement to Ralph Cooper, because Ralph used to refer to Texas as milk drinkers. <laughs> number one, with eighteen arrests. The Vikings. Number two, Broncos with 16. Wait a minute. Number three, the Colts on. with 13. Slow down there. Tied with the Buccaneers with 13. Number five, the 49ers with 12 and held half of those Probably Alden Smith and his dumbass. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so, true.
2: It, and he needed to move on.
0: He. Now, it, let's he, be careful. He, he, no. he has a problem.
2: He, he has and issues, it, yes. And he has a problem. No, I'm like, Doc, he, that ain't, that ain't, that's, that's something like. I'm not learning anything
3: from this, but different. if you have a problem, he's not. I mean, the man is obviously alcoholic, so that's not something you can turn off. If you know anything about, oh okay. that's yeah. a serious yeah. They, they, uh, they've got to accept some things before not they might even have some other issues, issues with depression and things of that nature. So I want to be careful in terms of how we uh, treat that. Well done, his, Doc. Thank you his, for bringing his, me back his, into his issues. Term. In terms of what he done, I think you're right. Seriously, be like. That's unacceptable for you to repeat that, but the reason is associated with the issues he has are serious. To make sure that we don't really take make light of.
2: Okay, now well, then that goes into to my questioning. At what point does, and I I don't know if they did or not, whether either the, the league office or the team sat him down in
3: front of. Do you know him? at all?
2: Yeah. And, and, and I know so they,
3: they, how hard was it for that person to move. I, and I guess the real question: Have they ever really? And they tell you you never get over it. it but took, have they been able to stay? It took sober the baby, grand grandchild,
2: and in a family right. setting. And so how
3: many times did they fall off?
2: Uh, before that point, Doc, it would this. Thirty or forty five right. days and then like boom.
3: So what makes his situation any different from any other person? Well, he just happens to be a high profile individual with everything being on that's TV. Makes a was, lot of was, money. Was, but that's I'm, not gonna change the sickness. Just because you have money and you're sick doesn't mean you can do it. It's like somebody with cancer. If you have cancer, it doesn't matter whether you're poor or rich. Uh, the cancer is gonna do what it does. You may have a chance to get maybe some better care. But if it's that aggressive, it it's nothing you can do. If a person is sick with alcohol, the, because the NFL sits down and says, man, you're blowing this beautiful opportunity to make a lot of money, that's not going to register with somebody that's sick. That's true. Unfortunately, it might be the case that they're going to have to hit literally rock bottom and lose everything. Sometimes it's the case. So I think it's very. File off with the Rockets now. Yeah, I think it's very inappropriate as professionals that really understand the framework of such disease as depression or alcoholism or drug dependency to sit up here and suggest just because they happen to be professional people with great opportunities to make large sum of money that they should be okay and get things right. It's just not how it does. I think famously as I'll leave it here, uh, as Dion Sanders once said um, in his rap song is the fact, that money is not going is going to change me but in a lot of ways he was talking about the fact that money is really just going to make him more of who he is if he's a whoremonger he's going to be a whoremonger with money if he's a alcoholic, he's going to be an alcoholic with money it means he can just get more of the drink at higher prices or better quantities of the drink if you're cocaine addict yeah. it just means that you have more access to it yeah And and let me, a few more things here.
0: Uh, Former teammate of Alan Smith, Miners quarterback Colin Kaepernick, addressed reports that he and Smith fought in practice last Thursday over a woman, a squabble that reportedly took place before Smith was released following his fifth arrest, the third involving DUI since 2011. He's Colin said it wasn't really true, it wasn't over a woman, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. He kind of hinted hard and denied it, but he did say that he and Alden are still friends and he wished them
3: the best and that he hoped he uh, gets Gets well. So, he they didn't sucker punch or decide to hit each other, yes. No, no
0: jaws was broken, right? So, in, they in, had in, a in
3: disagreement, <laughs> which is natural as well. Okay, I just want to make sure that was clear.
0: okay. Quote. I love this quote You can spend your whole life Recruiting a kid And at the end of the day If I want him I'll get him End quote Who said that? That would be the arrogant person
2: But uh I'm gonna have to just put a name on it. Coach K I mean not Coach K uh, Coach uh, California In Kentucky you are correct. Coach <laughs> <Cal> said that. <laughs> because that's the only to person a that I know and, and I've had a conversation with that, 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 that's, that basically said, if it's somebody I actually want, my sisters won't be on the job. I will. Now, if, if it's, and he means that because that's what he does. If he sees somebody now that he actually wants and somebody, they sit up in the stand, jaw jacking and all back and forth how coaches do and somebody gets arrogant, He'll basically says, okay, I'm going to target your
3: kid, and I'm going to get it. I ain't going to tell you about it, but next thing you know, he's going to be wearing K- Kentucky blue. Well, as of the last couple of years with the talent he's put on the team, it's obvious that uh, he's, he's, he's not talking the talk. He's walking. Oh, yeah. The only thing yeah. some people would say it had not translated into multiple championships. Here we go. As get, as some, well.
0: get some backstory here.
3: It could the be. National yeah. Or It could be
0: chemistry. According you know, to – uh, not having
2: enough time now to, to no, put it together it could
0: be It's a one and done situation They can't make free throws they, they don't shoot well It could be a bunch of different factors If there was a series Best of seven, they probably will be, have be champions But it ain't It's one and done And they just haven't gotten He has gotten it done To cut down the nets X and O's Folks give credit to Cal You know what he does with his talent And he, he messes the talent greatly but X's and O's come crunch time. Who'd rather have Cal or Coach K? Or top
2: the man at the at the big big blue dude. That, that's when it's when it's coming nut the cutting time. close.
0: I don't want nobody else on the sideline but him. Here's but here's a backstory about this was by Coach Cal's in a quote. This was told by a CBS Sports reporter, basketball college coach reporter Gary Parrish, on a radio show in Memphis on Tuesday. Parrish says there was a prominent coach within the last three years that had been recruiting a kid hard, attended over 30 of his games over two years. Calipari came in after seeing the kid once the previous summer and watched him play one game. The recruit then committed to Kentucky. According to Parrish, the coach who lost out on the kid started spreading rumors about how Cal must have cheated to get the recruit. That he barely knew his name, etc. So Cal confronted <laughs> the coach in Vegas during the you know, recruiting period. And that happens from... Here's a quote. <laughs> I done seen a knockdown drag out. 100% true. John confronts this guy in Vegas because he had heard the guy was yapping. He confronts him. Cal approached the coach and says something like, listen, I know what you've been saying. Coach says, no, I haven't been saying. I know you did. I know you said what you said. I've heard it from enough people. But I want you to understand one thing. Yes, I am the type of guy who can come in at the last minute and take any player I want from you. You could spend your whole life recruiting a kid, and at the end of the day, if I want him, I'll get it. If we want him, we'll get him. Don't ever get that confused. Be appreciative every time I don't come in and get your guy. Don't accuse me of cheating when I do. I didn't say Yes you did say that And it's fine But just understand Nothing stupid went on It's just that I'm me And we're Kentucky And we can come in and get that kid Whenever we want And
2: folks Now it's it's, it's all cut the mic And walk out It's all kind of crazy But back in the day when I was rolling on During the summertime
3: You didn't hear me Sometimes you need to just drop the mic hey. Hey. and walk out. Yeah. You know, Enough said. It. He said it. I've seen some things,
2: and this happened right there in front of folks. <laughs> I mean, right in the gym, while the game going on, got to be a separation. Stuff from scream screaming, holler,
0: assistant coaches, head coaches. It happens. I wonder what that coach how he looked after Cal dropped the mic in his face like that. He been slapped, beat down, because try roll up in a the position. The art, the author of the article, surmises that the, that coach questioned is Josh Pastor.
3: <clears throat> really makes sense. Makes sense. We talked about how it, some of that was ridiculous hey, of what he was doing. So yeah, it was done, and it got done.
0: Wildcat, how can folks find you on the internet? They can
2: find me online on uh, the platform, media, social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, at JLWoodley1, Jerry L. Woodley Jr., uh, at uh, Blogger, YouTube, TweetDeck, AKSVDCSR, The College Sports Report. Um, also on Twitter, uh, the new blogger uh, my uh, blogger update you'd also get uh, uh, interviews with uh, Leron Barnes and Galen Robertson Jr. they both talk about the, the taking the trip to, to China they hadn't they've never been on a uh, flight that long before three or four hours is pretty much as all they can take is it'll uh, They they talked about you know being restless and all that it'll be a different type of situation Galen, well.
3: Galen hates flying
2: yeah He mentioned it. He mentioned it. Uh, But uh, this will be a learning experience for everybody involved. Uh, Even uh, uh, Jeff Conrad, mentioned uh, it's a new experience for him also on this trip, having to deal with uh, trying to get information out and get information back.
0: Any any thoughts on uh, Coach Tom Herman and U of H football yet?
2: Uh, I am expected to go by there in the morning. I just got an email from uh, – uh, the uh, David Bassett and time has been moved up one hour. It's now at 8:20 uh, in the morning till 10:30. Uh, then they, but I will probably make the 10:30 schedule because at that point that's when you can do post uh, post practice interviews. But uh, Doc, how's things going with uh, the They're out
3: there working hard. Everybody's morning, excited. Morning, but this is morning time. or evening. Uh, they do both. Uh, oh, okay. a okay. uh, late afternoon and a uh, early evening, if you would. So they're putting in the work, putting in the time, getting ready for uh, the Labor Day classes that we talked a little bit last week. It'll be interesting to see how that goes down. Like, right now, it's all about the talk. Media Day is coming up, so we'll get some insight in terms of coaches hyping with the game, which they should. And uh, after that, the pads come on and the lights Shine, and it'll be time to see who can really make uh, their lasting mark for this season. A little more on the HBC report before I give my information. A couple of things I think are important to say here. Astros did win. Throw that out there, finally. Okay. ugly long road. Trip. Oh, man. Uh Also, some uh news we talked about last week. Classic man uh, with your uncle passing. We have Winston-Salem State's Cleo Hill passes away. A great legend, back-to-back CIAA titles, 1960-1961. Uh, tremendous basketball player. I know you would appreciate that, Chris, uh, in terms of how you studied the game of basketball and report on that. The New Jersey native Cleo Hill actually was um, Clarence Big House Gaines' first superstar wins some salem State. Correct. Um, uh, the many superstars that came through CIAA. As I said, he won back-to-back CIAA tournaments in 1960, 1961. you got to remember, he's playing from 1958 to 1961. This is where you're literally getting a transition where HBCU programs are getting an opportunity to play in the NIA tournament, winning championships, um, and getting a chance to move, and actually some programs moving into NCAA as they finally opened the door uh, for African American players and then lastly, HBCU programs, historically black colleges. Uh, he was uh, uh, earned all CIAA honors twice during the 1960 61 season. Also earned NAIA, first team All American honors in 1961. Went on to uh, including uh, Hall of Fame accolades, CIAA Hall of Fame in 1994. He was part of the legendary. Or at least for me, ESPN documentary, Black Magic, was really focused on a lot of African-American players playing at HBCUs where oftentimes were kind of forgotten and out of sight. Um, so that was really big if you talked about it. He actually played with the St. Louis Hawks in 1961. Unfortunately for him, there was limited space on teams, and he was kind of frozen out. Uh, As uh, St. Louis was not a friendly place for African American players at that time, and so he was literally frozen out of the chance to score. So that was an ugly uh, chance with him. He went on to coach at Essex Community College for twenty-four seasons, uh, landing four hundred eighty-nine wins. So not only did he was able to play the game, as you tell, obviously he knew the game, was able to translate that in terms of successful coaching career. The last thing I will talk about. Uh, the second leader score school history behind Earl the Pearl Monroe. Uh, so that lets you know how talented he was. you okay. Understand that? Yes. He'll score two thousand four hundred eighty-eight points in four seasons. And obviously, this was before the three-point line. Uh, so he was a talented, talented player, and wanted to make sure that, that I acknowledge that he was a talented, before, talented player. Yes, talented, line. talented, talented player. With that, hold uh, that thought. Let me say guys, this. Man, Cleo
0: Cleo Hill. I just found this on the internet. Was voted recently voted at Winston Salem State as the best player in school history, even ahead of Pearl Pearl Monroe. They
3: won the national championship. They let you know. A people bad the people at Winston Salem State recognized the title of
0: this article from five years ago says he was Michael Jordan before there was Michael Jordan. That's right. That shows you how Cleo how good Cleo Hill six was. Six
3: one. He was six one playing the guard at that time. And that's big.
2: That, that's, and HBCUs, especially back in that during that time, that's big for a goal.
3: I also want to mention, and I think this is important, when you talk about stars, um, you brought this to our attention playing a little intro uh, during our podcast with Jadenna. Jaden- Jadenna. excuse me. He actually uh, had taken it to the next level. Singer Janelle Rene, hip-hop star Jadenna, marched through North Philly Wednesday Bring awareness to police brutality and the black lives matter movement so he's not only making great music but he's actually standing for social change so i thought it was appropriate to make that tie when we talk about these classic men um, so kudos for all involved doing that you can find me at dr kenyatta cavill d-r-k-e-n-y-a-t-t-a that's it. again d-r-k-e-n-y-a-t-t-a-c-a-v-i-l Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, social media platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, as I travel around doing either research conferences or covering HBCU sports, oftentimes I'm able to put twits, twi- tweets out there, if you would, Facebook information, Twitter. Um, so would love for you to follow me if you're interested in, in the business side of sports. You'll get that. Social frameworks, I post uh, and retweet information on that. I think we are responsible for being more than just individuals that live day to day. We need to make sure that we change our surroundings to be a better place. With that, you can also find me live on dot com. That's 1230 a.m. on the dial if you're able to listen to it live in the Houston area every Tuesday from 7 to 8 with... uh Dr. Ville's Inside the ACCU Sports Live. would love for you to join us and listen to that. We may have a news. We may even move up an hour to get into um, uh, Ralph Cooper's show in the Sports Rap to even get into some more listeners. People are excited what we're doing, so that may transition. So I'll let you know. But right now, we're currently still 7-8 every Tuesday. If you're not ever to catch live for whatever reason, you can go to social. I mean, to SoundCloud, SoundCloud, I should say, and get the podcast whenever it's convenient for you. And that's Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab on SoundCloud. So would love you to listen to my commentary. Uh, I think we bring some great insight, particularly if you're interested in HBCU sports. We're going to have all the information you know. The polls will be coming out pretty soon. In fact, next week, I will debut the preseason top 10 Mid-major and major division poll rankings. So uh, look forward for you to getting that out, getting that out to you, talking about it, and seeing what you think about the top ten poll rankings for the mid-major and major division.
0: I'm going to wrap it up. I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review. Website, HoustonRoundBarReview.com, www.HoustonRoundBarReview.com. Houston Round Ball Review on YouTube. VHR Review on Twitter. We have a KG Fifth Ward, Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc Podcast page on Facebook and on iTunes and Pod Directory. I don't want to forget about Instagram I'm at Houston Roundball Review. Got people follow me on there. Thank you for the likes on the uh, U of Age videos I posted from last week during taking a tour of the Basketball Development Center. I right, had great response from my blog post about the U of H men's basketball and and verbal commitments by the women's basketball program. But the last week, my most popular blog post that I linked to on Twitter got retweeted by a certain young man who I covered while he was with the Houston Rockets named Shane Battier referenced his badioke returning to Houston September 17th mm-hmm. basically it's karaoke it's but it's for the uh, Shane's charity foundation the take take charge foundation you can go to uh, Houston Bar View Mansu's blog and, and see the blog post just want to read this quote from Shane and uh, here we go by combining philanthropic minded people good eats, and creative karaoke, we are proud of what badioke has become and are proud to return it to its roots. Clutch City Badioke promises to be one of the greatest nights in celebrity karaoke ever witnessed. My wife Heidi and I are inspired to help Houston-based high school students unlike unlock their potential through the power of a college education. Clutch City Karaoke will allow us to raise vital funds to help Houston students do well, do good, sing karaoke. Win, win, win. I'll mention a few more times on uh, Future Podcast. Doc, go ahead. Talk about that. Yes. Go, ahead. go ahead. Talk about that What you got your hands there.
3: Yes, I'd be remiss, and I'm glad you pointed that out to me. That uh, edited textbook, my first edited textbook, co-authored by uh, Dr. Billy Hawkins at the University of Georgia, Joseph Cooper at the University of Connecticut, and uh, Dr. Aquila Carter Francique at Texas A&M University. Uh, I have edited the book "The Athletic Experience: at Historically by College Universities, Past, Present, and Persistence." So I'll be able to use a text in my three. Four seventy six HBCU history course.
0: Is that book available for sale?
3: Yes, it is. Where? Um, You can go to Roman and Littlefield. Roman and Littlefield. Google up Roman and Littlefield with that title, The Athletic Experience at Historically Rack College and University Past President of Assistance and it'll come up and you can order it directly and get it shipped to Hardback. You can also get it in, obviously, the E version, um, but nice hardback, nice cover, particularly for those Southern fans out there that a lot of people have been getting. There's the <laughs> drum major, Southern University on there. Wait, it's I'll amazing wait. when you have to get clearance for photos, uh, which photos you can get.
2: Well, let, let me ask you a question. How, uh, how many did you how many covers did you all go through? Oh, I
3: actually had individual design a particular cover because I wanted it to be that unique, and it happened to be a family member of mine because I always tried to include people in the process and giving other people opportunity to design. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, the pixels that he did were not uh, illuminated enough for the quality that uh, Roman right. and Littlefield had. And so our next best option, as we were coming up on a close date, what you experience when you're writing your book, when for uh, the publishers that they stick to these deadlines. So this ended up doing for us. But I think most people have said outside of the fact they may have wanted their favorite <laughs> institution. That's me, they, say they, they enjoy it. It does look good. I will tell you that. That's me, asking, cause it's Great information in here in terms of the chapters. Uh, uh, for those that are really into that, I'll point out a couple real quick before I know we're ready to close um, historical Origins of Education for Black Individuals in the United States, The Evolution of Historically Black Colleges and Universities. That was written by Frankie G. Collins and uh, Michael L. Norris. Uh, chapter that I wrote um, was Early Athletic Experience at HBCUs, the creation of conferences. I was really excited about getting that history and research and uh, putting it all together. You have some of it out there, but it's not really in one place. And then I actually was able to add some history that uh, – that has really not been put in paper form. Last part, that is the historical overview. The second part, there's several chapters that talk about the student-athlete experience at HBCUs. Uh, The third section looks at the economic issues uh, at um, HBCU Athletics. And the fourth one, which I think is important if you're going to talk about issues, that you provide some solutions. So we have recommendations for future of HBCU Athletics. So it's a well-rounded book. Uh, for those that really are interested in HBCUs and want to make sure that you keep on on the latest great textbook uh, recommended to professors that may listen to us, this is something that you can get for your classes. Particularly looking at the social issues of sports, looking at obviously at African American diaspora in sports, uh, looking at historically black colleges, and people that just like good reading, I would suggest it to you as well. well. Doc, I like good reading. I'm gonna find out. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna find out. Thank you. Working hard
0: on. Me. Thank you, as always, for your time, gentlemen. Kind of wrap it up, as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do
1: more.